The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. To find out more about this talk show or other talk shows broadcasting on KUCI, log on to our website at KUCI.org or check out the latest program guide. When you got a love and it's good like it should be Makes you never want to give it up Cause you know that some people die for love And I believe it's true cause I do the same for you Good morning, you're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine, California. Streaming online at KUCI.org and podcasting on iTunes. Welcome to Fighting for Love. This show will help you turn conflict into collaboration in all your relationships. I'm Lloyd, the show's engineer, and your host is Mari Frank, an attorney mediator since 1985. She's the author of several books, including Negotiations, Breakthroughs, and Fighting for Love. She's a mediator for the Orange County Superior Court Civil Mediation Panel, and she mediates business, employment, divorce, privacy, and other civil cases in her private practice in Laguna Niguel, California. Mari's a professor of negotiations and conflict management and has been a certified state bar trainer for over 25 years. She teaches leadership and conflict management courses at Brandman University and here at UCI, and she trains corporate leaders powerful communication and conflict transformation skills. To learn more about the show and our great guests, please visit conflicthealing.com. Mari, what's your show about this morning? Well, Lloyd, today our show is a heartwarming story about this wonderful book called In a Dark Wood, when Dante, What Dante Taught Me About Grief, Healing, and the Mysteries of Love by Joseph Luzian. He's, um, our guest will be telling us a little bit about how he ended up writing this book and what brought him to this. But if you think about this question, when you lose your whole world in a moment, uh, where do you turn? You know, there have been friends of mine who have died in car accidents or, you know, something tragic happened to them, an aneurysm, and this is just a, a really tragic story, but it turned out beautifully for um, Joseph Luzzi, and he's going to tell you about that. Let me tell you a little bit about our guest. Joseph Luzzi is a writer and professor of Italian at Bard College. He the first child in his a Calabrian family born in the U.S. He is the author of the memoir In a Dark Wood, What Dante Taught Me About Grief, Healing, and the Mysteries of Love by Harper Collins. And he has other books entitled My Two Italys. And um, he is a frequent contributor of essays and reviews to publications including the New York Times, Los Angeles Times, Book Forum, the London Times uh, Literary Supplement, and many others. And his first book, Romantic Europe and the Ghost of Italy, um, received the Scaglioni Prize for Italian Studies from the Modern Language Association. And he's the author of the forthcoming book, A Cinema of Poetry, Aesthetics of Italian Art Film. His work has been, has been translated into Italian and Portuguese, and he's lectured throughout the world on art, film, and literature. And you can learn more about him at conflicthealing.com and also josephluzzi.com and also at Bard Italian Studies Program as well. So I want to thank you so much for joining us, Joseph. 
Thank you so much for having me, Mari. It's a real uh, pleasure to be here. Well, would you be willing to tell your story a little bit about what happened that changed your life? Uh, sure. Uh, you know, I, as you said in your very generous introduction, I'm a professor at Bard College in New York, and I've been teaching there for over 13 years now. And in, on November 29, 2007, I went to teach uh, my classes, just like any other day. And before one of my classes, I was joking with my students, and I noticed uh, a security guard had come to the door. And I, I, I was laughing to my students. I said, look, they're coming to arrest me. But uh, he didn't have a smile on his face. Mm. He was very somber. And I thought, okay, what's going on here? And I edged out of the classroom door and saw that the associate dean and the uh, vice president of the college were tearing up the stairway. And I thought, something terrible has happened. So I, I went out and I heard a voice say, Joe, your wife's had a terrible accident. And in fact, that morning, uh, my late wife, Catherine, who was eight and a half months pregnant, had a fatal car accident. And just before she died, our daughter, Isabel, um, was born, rescued by an emergency cesarean. Mm. And so in the same morning, I found myself a first-time father and a widower. Mm. And those are the tragic circumstances that um, the book narrates. Yes. And, and your whole life changed in an instant. So tell us about how you found solace with Dante's uh, poem and, and how that became a, an important area for you to just find yourself again. Well, you know, Mari, we live in a, um, an information-saturated world, right, where there's the Internet, there's uh, all form of media where... And then there's all the, when we have troubles, there's lots of self-help books. We have, um, you know, there's the, the medical community provides help in the form of therapy and, and, and um, the medicine. What I discovered in my case was that we could also turn to great works of art. You know, Dante um, was a, a writer who was born over 700 years ago, and yet his story is still so relevant today because... Dante writes at the beginning of the Divine Comedy, in the middle of our life's journey, I found myself in a dark wood. That image of our life's journey, as if to say we will all have that moment of crisis, right? right? That moment that, uh, whether it's the death of someone we love or a, a, a personal, um, a professional, major professional setback, something that really turns our life upside down. We'll all get there. And, may, you know, mine was an extremely dramatic one, I understand. But, you know, Dante's poem resonated with me because I realized that he was writing about a kind of universal space of suffering. And I had been, you know, working on Dante for a long time as a professor of literature and teacher. But I heard his voice so personally when this happened because Dante was exiled. You know, he was um, one of the leading poets and politicians in the beautiful city of Florence in the, in, the, in the 1200s. And then in 1302, his political party fell out of favor, and he was actually exiled. They, the, the leaders of Florence said, if you come back to Florence, you'll be burnt alive. Mm. So he spent the last 20 years of his life wandering around Italy, never at home. 
And that image of Dante in exile started to resonate with me so powerfully because I felt that my wife's death had exiled me from my own life. Right. You know, I, w- I was living a life, and suddenly I had this other life, and the, the, the one that I had and wanted had disappeared. So I heard Dante in a personal way that I'd never heard before. And I learned that the wonderful thing about great literature like Dante's is that it teaches us that what we're going through, no matter how isolating it feels, it may feel, people have been there before, you know? And, and as Dante said in the beginning of Inferno, when he gets to hell, he sees an inscription over the gate of hell that says, all ye who enter here abandon hope. And that's really what hell is when you give up all hope and, and give in to despair. And Dante didn't, and, and, and he was able to write this incredible poem in his exile. So that became an example to me of his courage and wisdom and how, you know, it's not what lands you in the dark wood that defines you, but what you do to make it out of the dark wood. And that was the lesson that I took from Dante's poem. Right. And so that happened in 2007. So how has your relationship with Dante changed over the years as you, you know, as you went through your crisis and you were literally exiled? I'm sure you felt like no one could understand how you felt. You probably felt like you were in the fifth dimension. But um, I, now that you have gone through this process and you, I'm sure you will never forget the grieving, but how has your relationship evolved with Dante over the years since this happened? That's a great question because um, literature is always changing for us, right? I, I always tell my students it's not so much that it's not just that we read great books. They read us back. <laughs> they don't change, right? The book is the same each time you open it, same words on the page, same everything. But your meaning of it changes because you look for different things in books over time. Right. The, the great British poet, uh, uh, Percy Bysshe Shelley, said that uh, a poem is, is like a great fountain forever flowing with the waters of wisdom and delight, and that when one generation comes and interprets it, another one will come along and find different meanings. And that can happen in a single lifetime. You know, when I went through this, the death of, of my late wife, Dante's story of exile is what resonated so powerfully for me. What will the ne- the new it, what will the new meaning be? I don't know. You know, <laughs> it will have to see. In other words, I'll read them in a different way in three years, four years, five years, because life is is always changing. And I think that's the beauty and majesty of a great work like Dante or someone like Shakespeare. You know, or any book that you love, you can keep reading it and rereading it, and it never gets old. Do you have a book like that that yeah, you keep going you know, back to? Yes, I do. Um, Siddhartha by Hermana Hesse, remember? Yes, yes. That one, I first read it when I was, I think, a senior in college. And yes. I, I seem to read it like every decade, <laughs> yes. and it's, it's a book that is like all shredded almost, you know, I mean, it's brown, yes. but it's one of my favorite books because it. every time I read it, I'm at a different point in my life where he was, you know? Right. And right. so, um, yeah, I get it. I, that's exactly what was coming into my mind when you were talking about that. that, that and isn't it amazing? It's the same, um, you know beat-up copy of <laughs> Hesse as before, and yet it ch- the meaning changes. And I think what I hope people will take from my book is that 
you can turn, you know, what great, um, what art, literature does is it takes you out of yourself and you see that you're, you're sharing your suffering and you're getting wisdom from someone else. And, and I think, you know, for me, grief was incredibly lonely, very yes, inward. Yes. Even though I had a big, loving Italian family, five sisters and I have four sisters and one brother, an amazing mom who helped me, a uh, wonderful network of friends, colleagues, and students, but still it felt very much lonely. And literature challenges that loneliness. It makes us feel uh, that we have company, companionship uh, internally. And then you were also changing because suddenly you became a father. And so your life was not only changing because you lose your wife, but then becoming a father. Well, I think what's, you know, this book was not easy to write for for some reasons that are obvious. You know, of course it's painful to go back and revisit such tragic events as as my late wife's death, but also, you know, it was difficult to revisit some of the failures that I had um, uh, done in 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 trying or or not succeeding to rebuild my life after Catherine died. For example, I dreamed my whole life of being a father, and yet when it happened, I was so overcrowded. Over my my mind was so clouded with yeah. grief. My faculties to take care of another person were so compromised that I, I needed my parents, my mom's help, and my siblings' help. And, you know, it took a long time from, to go from being Isabel's biological father to being her true dad, yes. learning to place her needs at the center of my universe. Yeah, yeah. And, that, and that, there's a grieving in that as well. Just yeah, you know, grieving is a... I came to see a death is a, is a formidable um, adversary. It, it can not just, it's not just a person that goes, it's all the memories that you share. For the longest time, you know, it was very difficult to have living memories of Catherine because they were too painful. Yes. And so, you know, you're, you're, you're in this sort of, um, I call it the fog of grief, and it was very hard for, um, you know, things like fatherhood, Things like, you know, rebuilding a family, all those things that I needed to do were just such a struggle because I was, um, I think it's Freud who says that grief is like an illness, right? But it's an invisible illness. No one can see it. You're not limping. You're not, you know, you don't show manifest symptoms of a disease. It's all inside you. Right. But it's very debilitating. Yes, yes. It's it's a like you said you know it's a dark night of the soul a total dark night. So what other aspects of your life have the works of Dante influenced? I would say that you know one of the things that happened um, after Catherine died was I I am a professor and uh, and a scholar and I love that work I love the teaching I love the writing everything associated with the the life my life at the college. Um, I had wanted to write for more general audiences for a long time. It had really been a lifelong dream. And, you know, when I became an academic, I sort of put that on hold. I think after Catherine died and I saw how fragile life was and how fleeting, I thought, okay, if you really want to do this, you you have to do it before it's too late. Right. And so I think that, you know, the combination of her death and Dante his example, he was someone who was always changing uh, the way he approached uh, writing. 
you know, he started out his life as a lyric poet in a very kind of traditional uh, medieval style that idealized women, but didn't really talk about them as individuals. Then he, he tried to find work as an intellectual in a court, so he wrote these very learned philosophical books. After exile, he got back to his first love, which was poetry. Mm. But it wasn't the poetry of his youth. It was a very different kind of poetry. Beatrice, you know, the woman who's his muse, is not some idolized, anonymous figure in the Divine Comedy. She's a real, fully fleshed-out, complicated, and intensely rich individual. So, you know, I was inspired by Dante's ability to, to change the way he thought about writing with the different context of his life, as I also thought about you know, trying to make the transition to write more general stuff. Now, of course, Dante's this towering genius <laughs> that, you know, someone like me would, would never dream of approaching, but I think his courage is something that we can all emulate, even if we'll never be Dante Alighieri, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, it's, it's just because someone's um, example of greatness is unattainable, it doesn't mean that the lessons that they provide for life can't be one worth, ones that are worth following. Right, right. Well, you know, we're all one, right? So he is with you. <laughs> as, you as you read that, you, you, uh, you're one with him in many, many ways. So that you do have that. And it's good that you're able to write something that you've always wanted to write. I, you know, as I get older, I, I also recognize the, the fleeting nature of life. And if, um, if we don't do it now, when are we going to do it? Right? That's, we don't know. That's true. You know, and also, I think after uh, Catherine died, I talk about it in the book, I always, you know, we always, in our own way, try to live as best as we can. I felt, though, the sense that there was something that after her death, it wasn't just that she had died, but, and this took me a long time to come to terms with, but I had to accept that a part of me died as well. Yes. And that, you know, that's the really difficult thing about death is that it's not just letting go of a person, but it's letting go of a part of yourself as well and, and realizing that the life that you had is over. And I think that, you know, when I, so I started to realize that, it became a sense of um, what is a life of meaning? You know, what would be meaningful to just kind of keep on going as before or to try and do new things and, and, right. and uh, you know, have what Dante called a vita nuova, you know, a new life to, to build as, as something that can grow out of death. Right, right. There's always that cycle of death and rebirth and... and so that that life that we knew before is different, but you know she may be guiding you from the other side as well. You know. So, what do you think is your most important lesson, or the the really the the key thing that you learned uh, from the, the Divine Comedy that that uh, spurred you on with this book? I would say that. Um what I learned from this book, a, a couple things, and they're all interrelated, so, and I, I touched on some of them briefly before, but as I said, you know, at the beginning of hell, Dante sees the inscription that, that reads, all ye who enter here abandon hope. Mm. And that's hell. When you give up hope, when you give up, when you are in despair and you, you, you fall out of the future, so to speak, you know, there's some really poignant 
uh, moments in the Divine Comedy where Dante speaks with suicide. Mm -hmm. And the suicide was condemned by his Christian church, and one of the suicides is in hell. But he's very, you know, he understands what it's like for someone to be driven to that point. And I think that they, they say, did Dante commit uh, contemplate suicide? We'll never know, but we do know that he reached absolute heartbreak, absolute ground zero of pain when he was yeah. uh, booted out of Florence. And for a couple years, he was really struggling. He was trying to get back to Florence. He was conniving with former enemies, anything to get back to Florence. At a certain point, he realized he was not going to get back. He would never have his former life. And believe it or not, after that, he started to write the Divine Comedy when he said goodbye to that life. So out of this incredible moment of defeat came one of the most transcendently beautiful pieces of literature ever written. So that to me was like, as I said, a sign of it's not what gets you in the dark wood. Yeah. That space, as he says, in the middle of our life's journey, I came, I found myself in a dark wood. That moment of crisis. Right. We all get there, and it's often it's not our fault, right? Right, it's just, right. Um, you know, illness, accident, whatever. But Dante showed me that it's not what gets you in the dark wood, but what you do to get out. And that, to me, was the most important lesson. And part of that means keeping an open heart. You know, I was so devastated, obviously. I was happily married. I, I lost my wife. It took years to rebuild my life. But um, for all the mistakes I made, I did keep an open heart and believe that I would fall in love again and, and get a, another chance at a family. And I was very lucky that, I, that that happened. But it wouldn't have happened, perhaps, if I had closed off my heart and, and given in to, to despair. Right, right. When you get to that point where you, you really let go and you realize that, that you can't bring that back, the old life is not going to be there, when you really have that awareness, that awakening, mm -hmm. that, that acceptance, right? You have yes, to really accept. Exactly and, um, you and know, it means accepting, like, you know, as we said, not just the death of another person, but a death of a part of you. Right, right. And then when you close that door to the old life then you can open the door to the new life that you have you need some luck but yeah yeah <laughs> i well, think that's totally yeah, you need right luck but yep. you really also you when you shift that energy like okay i accept you know i release this i let go and let god or whatever you want to call it but i you know i remember doing that with when my sister died, when my mother died, yeah. when when I went through a, a divorce that uh, when I had two little kids and I went through a divorce that I didn't want, so I remember that dark night of the soul. I remember feeling that that isolation, and I remember going through these things. And I remember when I finally said, you know, the past is the past. I it won't. It is gone. It yeah. is gone. And I cannot make it come back because there's that time that you you dream about that I'm sure you dreamed about. Well, my wife is here, you know, and then you wake up and she's not there. Well, and that was I talk about those. Those were the most some of the most painful moments I experienced. The right. dreams where she was so alive, and to wake up to a world where she was gone. And you know, I wrote in my book I described grief as a kind of electric state. And we, we, just, we associate electric states with euphoria, joy, 
but there's also a kind of negative euphoria and right. a kind of awful when your your experience, when your emotions, everything is heightened as they are in grief, but it's in a negative way. And I think what happens a little bit, Mari, is that we, when we live in the past, when we don't let go of something, we're still we're living with something that is gone. You yes. Know? Yeah. And to sort of let it go is is scary and takes a lot of courage because at that point you're admitting that the person, the marriage, whatever is really over. Yes. And um, it's hard, you know, because then you're really alone. And But that loneliness, that aloneness is necessary for anything new to happen. Right, right. And I really believe, like, when I've had visits and dreams from family members that have passed on, when it's really, really vivid, then they're coming to give you a message. I really believe that. And, and, and I've woken up in the middle of the night where I've had a, a family member that visited me. And it's like, whoa, that was so real. I could hug my father-in-law or I could hug my mom, you know. And it's right. like, then I know that it's real and I know there's a message that they're trying to tell me. Yeah. And yeah. and uh, that's that's the it's excruciating, but at the same time, it's like okay, what are you trying to tell me? I know there's something there. That's you know, and and sometimes it could even be a message that we're trying to tell ourselves, right? That, that it could comes be through in the dream. Yeah, like move on. I remember on. Um, yeah. when I would have dreams early on with Catherine, and she wouldn't speak, you know, and she had been so um, communicative and conversational in our life. And I realized that silence was a sign that, um, you know, I, I could not keep having conversations with the dead. Right. That I had to move on and, and have conversations with the living. Yeah. But they're very painful lessons. Yes. So uh, I just want to reintroduce you. We have been speaking with Joseph Lucy, who is the author of this beautiful book, In a Dark Wood, What Dante Taught Me About Grief, Healing, and the Mysteries of Love. Let me just, we only have a couple minutes left, but I wanted to ask you what advice you would give to someone who has lost a spouse or a loved one or has gone through some dark night of the soul, like <laughs> like Dante and, of course, the excruciating pain that you have gone through. What advice would you give to my audience? I would say the first thing is be kind to yourself. I think that there's so many irrational responses that we have when these things happen, whether it's guilt, right? Right. Uh, you know, why, why, what, what, you know, even if it's completely unrelated, you still somehow feel someone you love died and what you could have done, uh, you know, could you have acted differently uh, to them? Could you have been kinder to them? Could you, what could you have done to protect them? When these, these are really things out of your hand, A, right. and B, Every, no relationship is perfect, right? It, we, right. We, even those that we love so much, we have stress and strife with. And to put, let those negative feelings, which are totally natural, take their course, but to be kind to yourself and to understand that you were a victim and that it's going to take a long time to heal and to not expect to be well. I mean, one of the mistakes I think people make is to just sort of, you know... Um, try and tough it out right from the start. It, or you really I shouldn't have to go through the stages of grief and mourning. Yeah, sometimes you want to... Yeah, sometimes you say, I should be I should be over this already. I should be able yes, to get back yes. to my old life because 
I'm, you know, that's I'm that type of person. I'm a go-getter, right. and I should be able to do it. And then you just yeah, can't. I'm a fighter, or right. I'm like some. But you know, um, these things have to take their own. That I found for me, I found that it had a logic of its own. That that it, that it took its own course. And the other thing is that um, you have to have courage and imagination, and that means that you have to be able to keep yourself open to a new life, not. A version for a long time. I wanted a version of what I had, right? Right, right. I wanted. I knew I couldn't have Catherine, but I wanted a life like I had with her. You have to let go of that. Yes. And I'm a very you know, <laughs> stubborn Calabrian. I wouldn't let go of it. Yeah. But I eventually, I realized, you know, at a certain point, if if I was going to have a new life, it was it could be completely different than the happy one that I had. And. Mm. That's when you have to have real courage and, and, and imagination to be able to envision a new life and, and to leave yourself open to it. Well, that's a beautiful way to end this beautiful book, In a Dark Wood, What Dante Taught Me About Grief, Healing and the Mysteries of Love. Joseph, Luzi, thank you so much. And just give your website and it's time to go. Thank you, Mari. My website is www.josephluzzi.com. And I'd love to hear from, from your audience. And thank you so much. I really enjoyed our conversation. Okay, thank you, too, and God bless. Thank you've been, you. You've been listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine and KUCI.org on the net. I'm Mari Frank. Join us every Monday morning at 8.30 a.m. right here on Fighting for Love. And visit our website at conflicthealing.com. Thanks. Some people die for love. And I believe it's true because I do the same for you. The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents.